Team GPT podcast. Uh, Brian's with me today. Syed is back in medical school, so you know he can come in later. Uh, we've got two guests. Uh, how about you guys uh, introduce yourselves? I'm Dan. <laughs> right off the bat. <laughs> Boom, go. <laughs> I just did. Okay. I'm Dan as well. The real Dan. The real Dan. The real Dan. Do you want to put your real name out there, or do you want to, or do you want to hide as Dan today? No, I'll be Cody. All right, so uh, Cody and Dan were down training at the gym today, so the main reason we want to have them on the podcast is they're, uh, they're equipped lifters, which we don't have a lot of around here, uh, so we figure we'll, we'll, we'll throw that one out. Yeah. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourselves, how you got into powerlifting, best numbers raw and equipped, uh, and, and let's talk about why you do equipped without pissing off everyone that listens <laughs> to our podcast. All right, so my best raw squat is 335 pounds. Uh, best bench raw is 280, but I put the chips on, so I had 282. That counts. And then deadlift, uh, 700. And then geared, my best deadlift is also 700. <laughs> <laughs> Which is hit or miss if you made it. <laughs> I dove it around seven. My best bench is 661, and my best squat is 881. Both done here. Oh yeah, I did them here. Remember that mean? Real shady, but I got them. Yeah. They also don't it count. Yeah, I count. <laughs> what about you? Uh, best raw squat, two seventy two and a half. Best raw bench is also who cares four hundred five because if you're gonna bench four plates, it's gotta be with steel plates. Uh, deadlift. It's fair. Who deadlifts raw? Um, <laughs> I squatted seven sixteen gear bench five forty. Forty five forty, I think. At regionals. No, no, I didn't do very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I've pulled 270, 280, I think. That's six. Squat three. Yeah, squat three. three. Those are kilos, so it's more than that. Um, yeah, seven, seven sixty five forty six twelve. And uh, you're both going to the Arnold in two weeks, right? Unfortunately, right. Uh, the Arnold's an interesting event. So. Uh, Dan, you're doing the Battle of the Regions, right? So that's the new event. Mm-hmm. Do you know more than that? Because I don't really know a whole lot about it. Well, I know that it's a Wilkes meet, which is hilarious because that doesn't exist anymore. And so they haven't sent us any emails. or I don't, even, I don't know if it's a points meet now. Okay. But as far as I was concerned, it's a Wilkes meet. Um, I don't know if it's region versus – I know it's technically region versus region. I don't know if they're doing, like, the full, like, region scores against each other or if they're averaging it. Um, I don't – it's also raw and equipped, isn't it? Raw and equipped, yeah. Well, it's an equipped so meat. Real lifting. It's an, it's it's an, an open meat. It's an open meat. It's equipped meat. If you compete raw, then you compete raw. But okay. you have to compete in whatever you qualified. Okay. So, like, Garrett Bailey is an equipped lifter at 105. He did regionals raw, so he has to compete raw, which is good for me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that <laughs> helps a little bit. Because he's yeah. really strong. <laughs> okay, I didn't realize that. And uh, Cody, which, which one are you doing at the? I'm dining? looking to get my my face kicked in at the, uh, at the Grand Prix. At the Grand Prix, yeah. So I got to go against Blaine and Joe, um, and so yeah, I'll just be getting my face kicked in on Saturday. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> but I mean, I, for those two, like, like the Grand Prix is, it's the big, it's the big meat out yeah, on the road. Shrinks. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's only like, it's unlike the usual pre. It's grand. <laughs> Very this great. is only the second or third year doing that. I heard it's a really fast meet, too. It's very that. fast. It's a, sh- it's a small meet. Yeah. There's, I think, eight um, lifters. Rogue stage. But it's, yeah, it's the it's the biggest one now. The, it's no stream, too, which is kind of cool. It's kind of mysterious. They're not streaming? They don't stream so the Rogue stage. That's a much smaller stage. audience. I had to follow, I had to follow Blaine's kicking. day, I think, like a year or two ago. He had to do it on Instagram because you never, you didn't. Yeah. It was one of the only meets that didn't have a stream. I don't know if that's on purpose. I think it's something different because of the because of the stage because it's not on the USAPL stage. So yeah, it's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's the big meet where it will be fast. Like I said, I think it's there's yeah, a it'll flight, be fast. I mean, we we train pretty fast, so I'm not really that worried about it. Like we don't spend unlike the raw lifters, we don't spend like eight hours to do like four sets of squats, so it shouldn't be that big of a deal. But again, like <laughs> you know, for yeah. our raw audience. Blaine's, I don't, ready. Like, I don't like you. I've had enough of a platform. <laughs> but no, like, so, you know, there's some, there's some pretty good lifters in it, and it'll be, it'll be interesting. Definitely the biggest stage yeah. that the Arnold USAPL has. Right. Yeah. It's raw and equipped, right? 
That's right. I, I have no idea. Yeah, I know it's, very like, it's like four like, raw, four quick yeah, people. Yeah, it's like yeah. just a, like the, the top. I believe the top. Lift. I somehow yeah. talked myself into this, so we'll see. I don't. I'm not looking forward to the Arnold. There's too many people. And just the whole thing is a nightmare. Have you lifted at the Arnold before? No, I've never. You been only to the did Arnold. it because I'm doing. Yeah, it. Dan okay. told me he was going, and I was like, oh, cool. And then I, after Worlds, I got um, an invitation to go. Which I'd, I kind of like in the back of my head. I've kind of thought about it, for, but I don't like peop- that many people. So and then, <laughs> then, like then people when so Dan said he was going, so I was like, oh, I'll go watch. And then uh, I got asked to do the Grand Prix. So I was like, oh, I guess I'll the stage of a it's shot. Cool, and then the more time has gone on, the less excited for this I've gotten. Stage is, the stage is cool, but it's just like, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's a crowd. Yeah. It's a big crowd. There's a lot a of lot people. Of people. There's a lot of people around that have no idea what you're doing. Yeah. Um, but they'll stop and watch. In fairness, I very rarely have an idea of what I'm That's doing. So it's, it, all, <laughs> it all goes pretty well together. Uh, well, did you guys both start raw lifting, I'm assuming? No. Unless you want to. Yeah, okay. No. I figured that was Never right raw lifted. So, <laughs> so, like, how, so how did you... Starting equipment because, like I said, like we were talking off air, equipment in Connecticut, not more than you guys. Like that wasn't a thing. Yeah. Like when I lifted in high school, I didn't know what any of that was. We just lift like we lifted to get stronger and be better for sports. But like, I didn't know what a squat suit was. I didn't know what a bench was. I didn't know what that was until I was probably in like what your guys' age is now. And my buddy was getting a multiply because single ply just wasn't a thing in Connecticut. Yeah. Um, and then right that so I always trained raw because we didn't know what it was we didn't know any different and then when raw lifting started to grow that's kind of just what we did equipped was not a thing yeah when I started I started right after college um, my roommate texted me about a powerlifting meet and I thought it was like clean and jerk and snatch so I had no idea what was going on so I found out like a week before what powerlifting was and I, I mean we lifted for sports and stuff so and I did a couple of meets like that but we trained at a gym in Worcester that's like it was a super old school gym and there was a guy in there who did a bench shirt and him and I the way I got into gear was him and I one day we were training together and we were we he challenged me to like benching for one rep max and so he, he just barely beat me and so I was like alright whatever cool he, I was super pissed because he weighed like 30 pounds less than me but then he threw on a bench shirt and then he proceeded to bench like 780 and I was like, all right, well, I got to get into that. You know, I didn't do this. You know, I want to, if powerlifting, the goal is to lift as much weight as possible. I want to use whatever right. I can. <clears throat> so. Yeah. When I started, I lifted raw. Um, my idea of gear was always that, like, bullshit multiply. And I'm not saying multiply is bullshit. I'm saying the bullshit multiply. I love multiply lifting if it's done to respectable standards. Mm-hmm. Like, when people are locking out their deadlifts and their knees are bent, like, give me a break. I love it. So, Cody had actually mentioned he would, you know, he wanted to do some gear, and I was like, oh, like steroids, <laughs> yeah, choice words, yeah, uh, equipment, and he and um, just run the whole. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Test. I kind of thought, like I said, the multiply, the monolith, all that. So I continued to lift raw, um, like an idiot, and Cody got in a squat suit, and we just squatted like what eight forty five, something like that, and it was you know to depth a good looking aesthetically pleasing squat and I'm like oh, okay that's interesting so then eventually time came and we would we'd screw around a lot at the gym like we'd on D loads we'd load up like reverse bands and do like more weight and I'm like that we had that same conversation that the goal of the we, reason we like this sport is to move as much weight as possible so I just got into gear I just kind of dove into it after collegiate nationals what happened to me too is I remember I was we at this gym they used to sell like chic knee sleeves <laughs> or, no, or knee wraps knee wraps, knee wraps. Yeah. And one day my knee was killing me, and I'd seen I had I had seen this video of Chuck Vogelpol doing like a rack bowls with a knee wrap with one on for some reason I don't know. But so I went and bought because they were like twelve bucks. So I bought them and I put them on, and I put fifty pounds on my squat like that day. <laughs> and so I was like, well, you know. So I think like my first experience with any kind of gear was a knee wrap, and it was so positive that it just kind of I like to lift as much weight as I can. Okay. I'm not trying to. You know, right. A set of five doesn't excite me. It's the so. same. It's the same concept as someone squeezing into a knee sleeve that's four sizes too mm-hmm. small. You do it so you can get something right. out of it. You want to lift more weight. Um, that's why the insert cotton singlet has fallen out of fashion. That's why. I, that's why. That's why I got in the gear. It's just let's see what I can do. Right. I still train raw most of the year. And obviously, that, 
that was actually one of our questions on there. Is I mean, like, I, and I think for the raw lifters that are probably listening to this, I think a lot of them just, like we said before, don't get it. Um, That's for sure. I mean, <laughs> but like, how much of how much of your training cycle is actually done in your equipment? Ten weeks before me. Just ten weeks before me. So mm-hmm. I mean, in your off season. <clears throat> You're really not in the you're not really in the equipment at all. No, and we don't really at least with um, Coop, um, we don't really like max out raw because that's mm-hmm. not really what that's we thing. what we do. Um, so we just train a shitload of volume raw and put on the gear like ten weeks out. And, and even when you and even up. when now even when you're within ten weeks, so like you guys are like I said, we're you're within a couple weeks of the meet. So today was one of your last heavier sessions. Of those 10 weeks, how much of your training is in equipment? Usually for me, it's so I train four times a week. And I don't do 10 weeks either. I do probably eight or six. Like I do way less. Um, but so if I'm training four days a week, two days are in gear. Um, that's really it. I do one piece of gear per lift. Um, I don't know if you guys have this as a question, but the bench shirt is a particularly challenging piece of equipment. So I do that twice a week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously not all out intense, just more to get the groove of the shirt. Uh, as you can see, it hasn't really paid off yet. <laughs> but <laughs> we'll see what happens. Good job, Zach. Yeah, but that's um. Um, that's pretty much it. I mean, but we it's not like I'm not killing myself with 30 sets. I mean, maybe on the lightest days we have five six sets in gear we got kind of before we started this training cycle too we were doing like we get bored so we'll do like um we were doing like five sets of like triples and doubles and stuff um with gear so like in the off season every once in a while i'll throw stuff on and mess around and mess around with it um but yeah i'll usually i do two days a week and i i'll mix and match so like one week i'll do squat and bench and then deadlift the next day, or this this time around for the Arnold, I've been doing squat on its own day, and then bench and deadlift together. Because okay. it is important. I think it's important to try to get them together. Because in a meet, like to me, the hardest thing, in my opinion, about the meet is the fact that you have to go from one to the next to the next. Mm-hmm. So you have three, and it's different. It's just it's not bashing raw here. Because I'm going to continue to do that. I'm going to do that in a minute. <laughs> not bashing it right now. It's <laughs> one of the biggest differences is just like so. You, when you do like a heavy squat, even anything from eighty percent up, it's incredibly tiring, and it's just it's a different kind of tired. You're not physically tired. You're just your your head hurts. Every it just it doesn't. So then to go from that to then benching, which is again the, I think the most difficult of the three. And then to finish, I mean, you finish dead benching, your hands are swollen, your arms are killing you because of the tension of the shirt, and then you got to go on to the deadlift. So I like to pair them together so that you get kind of that training um, of going from one to the other. Mm-hmm. And it, it's worked out okay. I usually go three for nine, so... <laughs> <laughs> so my, my strategy of beats are really working out well. I know you, uh, I mean, you probably heard from Zach. Like, Zach's biggest thing is never deadlifting can alone. Don't, right. you, can't, you signed a thing, so you can't, you're going to have to bleep a lot of this out. His, his biggest thing is Later. never deadlifting alone, so you don't go into the gym and start deadlifting fresh. Yeah, Always squatting before we deadlift. We have to do something before we right. deadlift yeah. because... And I took that from Zach. Yeah. Uh, Zach and I, a couple years, Zach and I are good friends. Uh, we, a couple years ago, we were talking so about we're it. you're the one. Yeah. And, and he made a comment one day to me. He's like, oh, yeah, we never deadlift fresh. Never. Yeah. And I was like, why? And he said, when you deadlift fresh in a meet. And I was like, I kind of was like, wow, that's so simple. Why am I that stupid to not realize that? <clears throat> yeah. And literally, like, the next week, I was like, okay, we're going to start squatting before we deadlift. It's not necessarily that we're killing ourselves. It's, no. you know, like, whatever, like whatever the, it's the athlete's. How I think he does it, I mean, obviously, I only know what I get, is usually it's an exercise, like, for, I'll just use me for an example, pot squat, because that's where I'm weakest. Mm-hmm. He'll put in whatever accessory squat attacks that weakness right before you deadlift, kind of get you moving, get you yeah. open up, and a little tired, but not, I mean, you're not, but not killed. you're not beat going into one, deadlifts. One of my guys the other day, uh, we're just starting uh, meat prep, and on his deadlift day, we start off with belt squats, not real heavy, but get some work in. He did some safety squat bar jam press after that, just, you know, again, working on some tricep for lockout mm-hmm. strength, and then he deadlifted. The deadlift was the main thing of the day, but it was actually the third thing he did. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like and that. I took that from Zach because it was, and it just made sense. And, too, and we hit, and for the most part now, like what I've noticed is since we switched to that, we hit more deadlifts and meets, and we're not dead 
at the end of the meet. And that, like, and that's a big one when you see people that they go into deadlift, like you said, especially equipped, and they're going to the deadlift and they're just yeah. shot. And that's like mostly raw. Like I can't imagine throwing equipment in the mix there. Yeah, oh, you, you see, well, terrible. you see a lot of it, and, and not to bash it, but you see these kids in the bash gym for eight it. hours a day. They don't. They're not working fast. The so biggest when you have to thing, work fast at a meet. They're exhausted. Yeah. The biggest thing that I think, because I've actually incorporated that in the past couple of years, is I always do some type of squat first, yeah. like always. And if it's my equip day, then I come right in and squat. But if it's an, if it's a bench day, I squat first. Mm-hmm. The, I think the biggest thing that that does is it adds a little bit of mental toughness too. Yeah, which is severely lacking in the raw. I mean, it is. I mean, these guys, they, it's the excuses for not being able to move in a straight line are ridiculous. But it's like it adds some mental toughness. Again, you're never going to deadlift fresh. You know what I mean? So, like, in I think if you, you put, like, a moderately heavy squat before you deadlift or even a bench before Something you deadlift, it, it takes your mind off of the deadlift. And then it forces you to go back and have to make, you know, you're not going to do it fresh in a meet, so why would you do it fresh in the gym? For someone like me with no mobility, Although, it warms me up a little bit. Right. If you start with a deadlift, the gram, the gram videos are good. Yeah, that's the big one. The gram videos are good. And, that, and the, <laughs> But that's the big one, like I said, years, years ago we would start with deadlift and we'd wonder why like on meet day deadlift might not. Like we deadlift less than what we did in training. I know because I mean, like, just made fun like of this. Like maxed out your squat, maxed out your bench, and then had a pull. But like in training, you were only pulling yeah. fresh. The mental toughness thing's a big thing. Like being able to like, and I think this is where a lot of people who don't come from other sports have a really hard time with it. Is being able to like put. If you ever really like, I've seen it. Just I started refing for some reason, and I've seen it a lot. Just <laughs> in, I've seen it a lot in just these meets. Like they'll have a bad bench and they can't move on. You know what I mean? Or they have a bad squat and they can't move on. Or they struggle with the weigh-in and they can't move on. They can't, like, just move forward. So I think working on that in the gym can be really helpful. No, I I agree with that. I I, Coming from a baseball background, being a pitcher, there's a couple balls that I threw when I was playing that haven't landed yet. And, like, you have to forget that the moment that ball gets hit because yeah. like if you if you're thinking about that the next time the next pitch is going to be the same especially thing. because it is such a you sim- get, it's get such it a simple it. sport but it is incredibly mentally demanding i mean you're on a platform completely by yourself you have three people judging you there's people there's about i mean at a local meet you got anywhere from 12 to you know 100 people watching you i mean it's it can be tough and not you know into I think there's just a mental toughness that's to just mention, lacking. I mean, you bust your ass for 12 weeks in the gym, and you get out there and go one for three on bench. Like kill. It's it's like God damn. Well, I'm you excited. I mean? It makes you think I'm about like, what, what did you just do for the last 12 weeks? Like it yeah. felt like a failure. When I yeah. when and, and it, it might not have been. It might have been like something just happened that day. Maybe I had an off day. Yeah. But at least you can learn something. And try to go to the next meet. Right. Before I started with Cooper, I benched 475. Like over 30 times successfully in a row and then I missed it all three times at the meet and then I went out and ended up pulling a PR obviously it didn't count because I bombed but like just moving on just you know, it is what it is and yeah. dwelling on it's not going to change right. anything no there's no like there's always another meet and I don't mm-hmm. I think like I, going back to like the, the squat bench dead in, in one day I think like it's the only sport where people don't practice like their sport, like there's no scrimmage. Right. And it's crazy to me that people wouldn't, and it happens like definitely going to your first meet, you might not know that. But there's no excuse for people to not practice their sport and get better. From but that. at the same time, like when you squat bench dead, because that's in, that's the new hotness now too, is where everybody squat benches Super and deads specific. every single it, training yeah. session. But the problem is like we were going back like that eight hour thing, like you're not. I don't know. I just. No one practices in the time frame. Right, you gotta like. I think a big part that a lot of lifting, both raw and equipped, not this isn't like both raw and equipped. A big part that's missing is the time thing. Because I see that in meets all the time too. Is you know your your first attempt goes, and then you're you're up in eleven more minutes. Like you gotta move. You you can't go and sit on the floor and text your buddy, or then you go over to the other side of the gym and see what they're doing, or like there's. The focus is missing. There's another sport where you would text someone at a timeout. Right. Yeah, people do that. Meets like have right. full convos, but dude, you're up. Like, yeah. You're on the well, it happens. It happens someone. all the time, and you see it. I think you see it a lot at local meets where you have the third attempt squats and the third attempt. Like, there's they're just they're a nightmare because yeah. they just people aren't ready to go because they're not training that cardio vert 
part of the sport. I mean, that was the hardest thing at Worlds. I was shocked, like, how fast yeah. things were moving. I mean, we got back to the back room, and it's like... Or you altitude get, in Denver. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's always things that you can't control, so that goes back to that mental toughness thing. Like, you, you're never going to be able to control everything, so just yeah. as much as you can, try to, you know... Minimize. Yeah. Right. So as much as you can be prepared for everything. Yeah. And that's something as simple as, like, yesterday we... They said we had a meet yesterday here. It was one of our smaller meets, so it went fast. Uh, so people had to be ready for it, but you know, a lot of new people that weren't prepared didn't know commands. Yeah. And how many people miss lifts on commands? And then there's you no know, excuse of being unprepared for your first meet. It's I the always easiest sport the you know. world. But like, <laughs> so you know, so they missed their first lift because of a command, and then okay, they figured it out. But now their but now their third was ten kilos less than what they wanted because they didn't make that jump, and now they're upset because they had. Right. They train or, for they, or they make that jump and miss it and not or, stuck yeah. with just yeah. your opener. And then, you know, <laughs> make, make that huge jump and you're like, oh, that was a bad idea. Yep. Um, That's why your opener and, right. and then it feels like, you know, all that training was like, what was it for? You felt like you kind of waste everything when yeah, you just, you learn something, you got to get over it and you come back and do what you got to do on the next one. It also, I mean, if we're going to be completely honest, no one cares what you did. Yeah. Right. You right. Bom- like when you bomb out, right. your coach is coming get from the chest ex- next month anyway. He coming, doesn't care. Coming from my experience, when I bombed out, it's like no one in my gym cared. Yeah. I didn't care. Like, yeah. No, it's, we're not. You know, we're not like we're not playing for a professional team. No. No one I mean, cares if right. you bomb I mean, out. You should. Head back you down. should care because you put the work in. Well, so you should care. Of course, I was. Right. Actually, well, motivated, that's what I mean, it motivated me to work with Zach. Yeah. Because I was like, I'm so sick. I'm sick. Yeah, exactly. But outside of that, like, my mom didn't even care. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah, it doesn't like it's not like it changes you as a person. Like, no, oh, you're no. a bad person now because you bombed out. You're in a bad meet. No. Like, you're right. It does. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, we want to get better, and that's like my job as a coach is like to make you better. So hopefully, you can have a better performance and you can enjoy it more. But when the meet's over, yeah, gotta go to work. Whatever. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I went four, like, for, I went four for nine at regionals, sport. and then the next meet was Although, that, my eight that's nine. a great idea. Yeah, we it, should it do be. cuts from the sport. Cut from the sport. Yeah. I'd be gone. Never mind. That's a bad <laughs> idea. <laughs> I've been gone a long time ago. Uh, um, I was like, what else we got here? <laughs> I mean, I, um, I guess that like, well, comparably, I mean, I, I, I've never competed equipped. I've barely lift equipped. But the difference. You've been on your shirt once. Been on shirt once. I forced him. Yeah, that's good. Um, it's what I'm gonna start with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. Um, the difference competing equipped compared to competing raw. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll jump. Hey, in, I'll jump in on this real one's quick. One's a competition. <laughs> I'll jump in on this real quick. The so other what? one is more like a like a big like. Go ahead, jump. <laughs> well, you're Dan, um, and your deadlift is just hilariously awful, and you're benching mid five hundreds. <laughs> From benching in a shirt to five hundred to your opener at like five forty on the deadlift. I mean, I have like fifteen minutes before I'm lifting. Yeah. That's a huge difference. So if, you, if you're lucky enough to have a good deadlift, you don't need to worry about it. But if you have a bad deadlift and a good bench and a full mate in gear, because most often, most of the times, you're, if you're in gear, you're lifting last by quite a, you know. At local meets, yeah. At local meets, regional meets, yeah. Even. Um, so when I, like regionals, for example, I benched, I had the heaviest bench, and then I went out and my deadlift was like fifth lightest. So I, I mean, I literally had to go back. Take, I was taking my shirt off as we're walking back to start pulling one plate. I mean, I, that's my biggest difference is, um, which I guess it was kind of like that raw too. I always had a better bench. My dad was always been atrocious, but if it's that extreme, yeah. I mean that, that difference between bench and deadlift, you don't have any time. The biggest thing is the time factor yeah. because like it's, it's incredibly stressful for like yesterday we trained squats and you can like when you're doing that you can t- you can t- wrap a knee sl- knee wrap whenever you want mm. but f- learning how to time that up mm. where important. you're not in the knee wrap forever because you can't be and versus you don't you also don't want them to say bars loaded and you only have one knee wrap on because then you're it doesn't matter who your handler is they're going to be I mean that's the biggest difference. Your panic, like, their panic, right? Like, and even the same thing. Like, look, you know, going from a three board, two board, one board, making sure you get all those attempts in, while also making sure that your flight hasn't started yet. It's a lot more stressful. Like, there's a lot less donut eating. <laughs> there's a lot less like like texting, um, like back and forth. Like, does she think I'm cute? Did she look at me? <laughs> there's a lot less singlet exchanging. 
Um, that, that, I say that's a new one for me. Oh, no. I don't know about that one. There's Perfect. new single. You gotta have a different. There's different singlets. For oh different yeah, ones. you're all right. I'll give you that. Thank you. Um, but no, in all seriousness, it's just it's stressful. It's yeah. it's a lot less. There's no downtime. Yeah. You know what I mean. The other issue is like usually you're lifting a lot more weight, so it's not a, like again I don't have to. It's not like I'm going to three fifteen. Yeah. You know, for my warm ups, like warming up takes a long time, oh, and it's you've got to be. You know, that's why a lot of times, like, the geared lifters at the, you know, they've kind of earned their, like, um, that stereotype of being, like, the grumpy, quiet, like, they'll snap at you in the back room. Because it, it's, like, when, it, we were talking earlier about one of Dan's meets where Dan, he found out he was lifting, like, in 10 minutes. So we had to get him from... from in my underwear and Crocs, <laughs> eating We had chips. to get him from that <laughs> to, to, 660. to 660 in 10 minutes. But so we're warming up with him, and we have all these other people going, "Hey, can you know? Can I have three fifteen on the bar?" And we're at four ninety five. We're not. We can't. We can't I wrapped, go my, back I wrapped my knees and left them wrapped, and I just sat back down and I did three squats with the knee wrapped still on. Yeah, and it's because the time. And also, the thing too is, no matter how experienced you are in gear, I found that you don't know the timing unless you've actually handled someone. Because yeah. I've been lifting in gear, and for example, your meet that we had here was two years ago. Whatever you squatted four hundred, the first. The first set, or his first like squat, he was in a knee wrap for like two minutes because yeah. I wrapped him way too early. It's because you also don't know what the little routine that the rock kid before you're gonna have. Like how many times are we gonna? <laughs> well, stop? that's also nice. Are we gonna wrench the in a, lo- in a local meet? That's nice too because we're going from most people who aren't squatting right. 380 kilos raw. Like we have some time for yeah, right. but in a quick meet like that, you kind of got to be ready to go because nationals, Arnold. There's gonna be people around his weight, so. And you got to make decisions fast too. Like the, you know, what is your second attempt going to be? Mm-hmm. What if you miss your opener? Because a lot of, I mean, nobody knows more about missing their opener than this guy. So you're going to have a lot of different, like, you know, there's a lot of options. Like, how did it feel? Because sometimes it's just you go to squat your opener and it's just not, you know what well, I mean? You, you grind it back up. It's like, okay, I guess I'm not making a 20 kilo jump. But sometimes you, like the meat I had here, I go to squat my opener and I start, like, falling sideways so I just went back up but I looked I, you know we, I told Dan like you know, just put 400 on the bar so I got it it's fine <laughs> you know what I mean and it's not again for a local meet like that's not a big deal as much right. of, like, you have to have a plan you can't come in and another thing too is your body composition nothing's worse than getting to the meet and putting your suit and going yeah uh oh yeah. like well, weight you, cutting isn't you can't, so, yeah. I, I have never successfully weight cut Cut it, cut weight in gear. It's just like you just you, when you're light in your gear, there's no worse feeling on the planet because everything feels heavy. It just it just comes down to like what you guys said. Because there's there's so many more variables. Yeah, a lot of variables. And like there's our gym puppy Echo. Um, <laughs> like I enjoy both sides of lifting, but to me, it's a different sport. Yeah, uh, totally different. To me, raw lifting is flag football. Is we it. That works, but like what I what <laughs> I try to say is in raw lifting, but to lose a lot of the clients. monsters are going to win. Gen- like yeah. The genetic monsters are going to win because the skill level is not as high as with the equipment. Right. I know I'm going to piss a lot of my listeners off on this, but when you put the equipment on, and the people that think that you can put a bench shirt on and just add 100 pounds, right. try it. That's my best. My best. Piece just of try it. Put on a bench shirt. So we've. I tell people put on easily. Before. We've got about five or six people here that have, that are raw lifters that have competed several times raw. Some are pretty new to even raw lifting, and we're trying stuff out. And what we're doing is we're trying a little bit easier gear, some loose stuff. You know, maybe maybe a shirt that's not as intense. Like one of our girls just got like got a an F six that's probably a, at least a size, if not two, yeah. loose. Which I, I like. I think that's the but. Like on day one, she hit thirty pounds over her raw bench. Which would make them excited too. Exactly, yeah. and she liked it, and she's like, "Oh, I want to do this." Right. You know, yeah. my thing if, is, if we put her in, you know, a super katana, low cut, and, and just super tight, that it took her twenty minutes to get into it. Do that. Yeah, she might not have even wanted to do it after that. Right. Um, so as so, you go to bend your arms, and the thing starts cutting into your tricep, you're like, oh, "Well, this I, is I mean, this uh, number one, like, you want to try gear." We don't even have to put gear. Let me wrap your knees. Right. It's not comfortable. Yeah. It hurts. It hurts. My skin is off my knees when Cooper yeah. off my knees. I mean, literally, I lose my skin. Yeah. It's, um, there's just a lot. It's a lot. There's a lot of variables, and it's you start to 
want simplicity. I think a better one is checkers to chess. Yeah. yeah. Any, like, anything well, that's well, simple, you know, yeah. easy to do. Here's my thing easy too: to is start. checkers doesn't have a whole lot of moves. Most, something that takes lot most raw athletes that put on gear, if they don't, checkers. if they don't like something lifting in gear, they at least have a respect for it, and they realize right. that it's. So all these guys, that, all these guys that bash gear, and I ask the question: Have you ever been in gear? No. Well, then, what right. are you talking about? And like you said, like but with the meat. You might not like it, and you might not re- – you, you don't have to respect it. I'm not here to tell anyone they need to respect what I do. But when you put it on, you'll definitely have an appreciation for it that it's not as easy as you think it is. Yeah. Right. The idea that it's cheating, that it's like a, like the same thing, but like it gives you – like you could add more weight. is not – Well, so is eight people putting your knee sleeves on in the background. Sure. It's well, it's like, like you said with, with like wrapping his knees before it, you know, in, in a, the local meet is like – You've you've got that variable of in with generally with raw lifters, announcer says bars loaded and they're on the platform within two seconds. Oh, you can just sit there, you wait. and they're and they're squatting mm-hmm. in under ten seconds. The bars racked and depending on your spotters and loaders, um, we said before the Arnold's a fast meet. The spotting team there is very fast. It's going to be a faster meet. If you're in a local meet that has an inexperienced spotting team, maybe it's slower to it's slower to load. Yep. If you're raw, not a big deal. You're sitting over there, you're fine. If you're wrapped. And now you're sitting there for two minutes wrapped, well, and you're like, and you're like, hey, I'm losing feeling in my feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we don't have time to unwrap you because if we unwrap you and have to rewrap you, you're going to time. You take those, you take those wraps off. So you know what? Not going back out. Yeah, you're going to go. You're going to go squat. <laughs> There's also pounds. nothing worse than yeah. too. You With get out feet. there, you get out there, and you look at the bar, and it's wrong. And then they're like, yeah, oh, hold yeah, on. Yeah. And then you know the head judge usually catches it first, and then they start fixing it, and you're standing there like. You know, because it's, it's really – I think when you're sitting down, the knee wraps aren't too, too bad because you can focus on relaxing. But as soon as you stand up, they cut into you. For I mean, me, it's not the standing there with the knee wraps. It's by the time the squat's taking place, I'm sitting – now I'm starting to feel it. So when I'm sitting there waiting for them, I'm like, all right, I'm used to being in knee wraps for 20 seconds. By the time I get out there, get onto the bar, unrack it. Now as I'm walking out, I'm going like, God, my feet – I literally can't feel my feet. I can't feel my feet. That's not a good feeling to yeah. have when you have 800 pounds on your back. Yeah, it's and I and I think again going back to like a local meet or a regional meet where most lifters are raw, not like you know equipped nationals is different because everyone knows it. Everyone's doing the same thing. Yeah. Unless you're but in Texas. like they don't get it. We're here. We're like you know if there's a misload or if someone takes a minute instead of five seconds, yeah. it's not the end of the world. Maybe mentally you're like oh you got to step back because it's misloaded, but again you're not in the wraps for now four minutes. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and all of a sudden you're like, man, like you said, and we talk about uh, Al Roth when Al went to nationals, I think two years ago when I was coaching him, his last attempt, he was wrapped forever because they misloaded the ball. Right. And he, and he's like, my feet were numb. Thanks so for not answering for, my text, Al. By he the way. went out for his first 300 kilo squat with numb feet. Yeah. yeah like, it's good. not fun. What do you like? But, but, but again, that's part. So this is my thing though. That's part of sports. It's not going to change you. You know what I mean? No matter what, like, so I grew up playing football. Like, sometimes you go out and the field is, you You can't see anything. And sometimes the field is a soggy disaster. And sometimes it's, you know, you're on turf. You know I mean? You have to, it's part of playing sports. Not everything's going to be perfect. The referees are going to make mistakes. The loaders, the spotters and loaders are grabbed that morning. And told, hey, you're going to spot and load for eight hours. And That's a big thing, too. They're volunteering. They're volunteering. Yeah. So it's like it's you can't get mad at them. Out. And it's just – it's it, but that's part of sports. And what I see a lot is this this attitude. Like as soon as there's mistakes made, like we – you know, somebody needs to be held accountable and like people need – it's it's just – that's the sport. Yeah, if, if you're going to play a sport, card. mistakes happen. And it's – I mean it's an important part to – in gear, it's. I mean, if a geared person can stand there a couple extra seconds, like you'll be fine. Yeah. Well, that, that we talked about. Um, it was last year's equipped worlds, I think. I think it was last year's, and I'm. I'm not even gonna try to say his name. The Ukrainian, I think he's a 105. Dmitry Semenenko. Yeah, that he blew out his suit, his yep. squat suit on like and nine. And then went up like 40 kilos to yeah. take the world. Yeah, record. he blew it out at like 903. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and everyone that watched—that's what I have to go up against. Everyone here was like, "Did he just break his back? Because he just folded over because mm-hmm. the suit just completely blew out." They said he was walking around the back room with his ass out. Slapped him on the back of the head. Barred yeah. it. They put him. In, they they ran him in the back room. Put him in a new suit. Went up a shit ton. When I had to go up forty kilos to go up past uh, Rubitz. Yeah, and to, who and just claimed the world record, and then he hit that like relatively. Easily. Yeah, that was just, like, just disgusting. Just super impressive. 980 uh, or something like that. Yeah, I think it was like 970 and change. It was yeah, something whatever it was. silly yeah. at 105. Like, that's mm-hmm. a crazy number. And I think people don't, like I said, the people that have never tried it have no idea what that's like. No. 
Like, well, especially your local shirt, a shirt blew out of world. I mean, you don't know what it's yeah, like. It six hundred. Like you don't know how six hundred pounds slamming onto your chest. That couldn't have felt good for deadlifts. Yeah, and, no. and then and then the people that like are starting and equipped and don't know enough. Like I so said, when you did the meet here, I joked with you, like you know that you had the multiple reps, the multiple yeah. because like what if, if you got to be ready? Right, That's yeah. another variable. If your yeah. shirt blows on your opener. So you missed your opener. If you don't have a second, you can't, you can't go down. You're done. So now you're done. It's over. Right. Yeah. So you have to you you have to be prepared for at least something like that to happen. Raw. It's also that's having also two knee wraps really is good too. So you drop one of your knee wraps or you're yeah. out on your lifters. If you don't have another knee wrap rolled up ready to go, they're gonna they're gonna go out there with one stiff knee wrap. Honestly, I like the idea one. of having three, one for each one. Why yeah. not? I mean, we have a wrap roller here which does help a lot. But you know, if you're doing it by hand, you're don't in trouble. Hurt your forearms. But um. <laughs> Why not that's one three? of the scariest things too, because like when you you know, you realize when something breaks how heavy the weight is. Because I I like being in gear, because one of the like the way the gear feels when you unrack the weight, you know you're gonna be if the gear feels right you're good, but the second that it goes wrong, all of a sudden, like that bench at Worlds, I was, as I was bringing it down, I was saying in my head like I just keep my head down, I'm gonna smash this thing. Like this is awesome because it's six seventy two. It's never felt that way. And all of a sudden, I started hearing, like, you know, snapping and popping, which isn't unnormal, you know, it's for a bencher. And I, and I'm, I'm, as I'm bringing it down, I'm saying, I said in my head, like, this is either going to go or I'm going to press this thing. And then it, as soon as it breaks, it's like the reality of how heavy the weight is comes at you pretty quick. Or my upper ribs pretty quick. You're looking at... It's bench is particularly terrifying. Not only, I mean, you have your safety set up. You, if you're a good archer, it's it's one thing. But like holding that in your hands over your face, like when you unrack something that heavy and you just feel it dig in your hands, you're thinking like, oh my god. The other yeah. thing with gear too is you have to fight your brain because yeah. in the back of your mind, you're and this again goes back to the mental toughness thing. Like you know you can't do this. Uh, like you can't do it right. right. So like you know that like as soon as you unrack a weight, especially with, with I find this with squats a lot. Interject. Cody can pull. That's fair. He can, he can pull raw <laughs> more than he can pull in gear. That's fair. But like walking out a weight that you know is would buckle you raw, and then having to you know get in the squat command and having to start going down, you have to have. You know, it's scary. Yeah. Again, it's another variable. Like it's said, scary. It's if fun. any of the equipment goes while you're doing it, something bad's going to happen. And, and usually, not I have too college. bad. And it could happen to you. It could happen to your spotters and loaders. Like you said, are volunteering their time. Yeah. You blow out a squat suit. They got to catch 800 pounds. It's yeah. not easy to do. Right. No. Like something's going to happen. Where in raw, the likelihood of that happening. It, like I mean, we did see in Atlanta. Unless it's a real bad injury. Or right. Something. That blew a quad out in Atlanta and mm-hmm. dumped like Man, last year, 60, 60, yeah. Yeah. That'll happen. And the spotters took it. Like one of the spotters got hurt. Like. But like it equipped, there's a higher chance of that happening because oh, yeah. you can't recover. And right, because you can't even, fight yourself even if you, back right, into the. Even if you misgroove it and like say your knees shoot back and your hips shoot back, you're not good morning. You know, 150 right. pounds over your raw squat max. It's not gonna happen. That's another one of my new favorite things that I see a lot now is like they'll, you know, like so you get these rockets or benching or squatting and then they hit a strength issue and they say, oh, I just came out of the groove. Because it was heavy. Yeah, you didn't come out of a groove. There's no groove raw. You just you either squat or bend. You can argue that you're going to be wrong. There's I'll, no I'll, groove. I don't, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm I don't have any scientific <laughs> facts to back this up. I don't coach people, and I don't really care. But I'm just saying. <laughs> the argument that I would make with that is I agree when someone says, oh, I came out of the groove. Well, yeah, because it's heavy. Right. That's my. That's thing. what I'm saying. I know heavy, there's a groove. Happens. I understand there's a groove. I'm when just it's saying. over 90%, 95%, like, right. you're not gonna it's look not going to be pretty. If it's pretty, it's not 90 or 95%. You right. got stronger, which is great. But if you if you make if your technique is dead on with one hundred percent, yeah, it's not one hundred percent, right? Or you're just sandbagging everything, and like, which is so, popular. That's hot in the streets yeah, too. Yeah. So yeah, you came out of the groove, but did finish the lift. Right. You have to finish the lift because in you gear can't, you can't. Can. There's right. no coming so, out of the and, like, and that's one of the reasons like why Maybe we, on the deadlift we do but. things like good mornings and we do safety squat bar good mornings that are really going to push you out of position. Then a raw lift, and I say this all the time, like you might be able to muscle through it and finish the lift. So I said, safety squat bar, good morning, puts you in a shitty position. And if you get into that shitty position on a squat, if we've done that, then maybe you can get out of it. Right. If you do that with 880 in your back in, in your suit, no. Right. You're not just, just shooting your hips back. You know, when you bring down right. your bench shirt and you pop it off your chest and your elbows go up first, Yep. good luck yeah. skull crushing 545. Right. It's going right for your face. Yeah. Right. You know, and There's no recovering. And I think that's 
that's the skill aspect that people miss. The technical level to be good in equipment is much higher than raw. Most people get into muscle. Most people get into the sport to lift the most weight that they can. So I encourage you to try gear because you can lift more weight. If you don't, if you don't like it, like I said, I don't care. You're not going to offend me, but I know everyone we've put in gear. So first of all, we put a few people in gear. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Making mass barbell um, geared mecca. So. We put a few guys in gear. A lot of people have loved four. it. Some people have tried. <laughs> some people have tried gear, and you know they still lift raw, but they definitely have a respect for the gear. Like all, all I'm asking is just try. If you're gonna bash it, try it. And well, if you don't like it, you don't like it. That's fine. I don't I, care. I would. I, I've only had been in the bench shirt once, but I've uh, helped handle people that are in gear. I've seen how fucking hard it is. I know every aspect matters. So even people that don't want, if they hate uh, lifting in the gear. Getting in it and, like, being around it would make you a better raw lifter. I would also say if you hate gear, you need to, like, evaluate your reasons for – like, why do you hate right. gear? But I'm saying anybody – Because I've met people who are just, like, they, they hate it. Without yeah. knowing anything and about it's, it. And I don't, I don't get it. I don't if understand someone says to me, why I are you, like, that insecure about your 400-pound squat that, you know – If someone you, says to me I hate the gear because it feels like my head's going to explode. Right. That's fine. And it's not for you. Then that's but, a good reason. But now that's a, you know. That's a good reason to hate it. Like, now you know. when you Now you know we're doing that. That's what we feel. Yeah. yeah. So we have, we have a lifter here, Sarah, that um, Sarah decided to get into the bench shirt probably about a year ago, I guess. She was like a two, 205, 210 raw bencher. Um, she put the shirt on at the – in me, I think she hit like 287 in the shirt. Uh, in training, she hit 300. Um and so she said, all right, let me, let me take the next step. So we got squat suit knee wraps. And she started loading that on. And she's probably like a 340 raw squatter. I think we had like 450 on the bar, and she wasn't even close to hit depth. Mm-hmm. And she knew it. And she's like, how much am I going to have to load on this? I said, 500 plus. That's horrifying. Like, I mean, so we're talking 150 pounds over her max. Scary to hear that. To just hit depth. Yeah. And it's- she was like, holy shit. So we took a little bit of a step back. We're going to work back up. But like, it's, that's not something you... I think people think you can throw it on in like a hundred Well, plus the window is, like I was telling you earlier, my window, so I have real bad tennis elbow, my real my window between touching something heavy enough to touch my chest in a bench press and actually being able to press it, hits small. Yeah. So it's not like on Raw where you can go out there and just open up at 90%, smoke it, get your next lift. I can't open any lighter than I can touch with. I have to be able to touch what it is. Well, if I can only, if I can only touch... Be- you know, 540, but my max press is 545. We're in some dicey right. territory. And that's a, like, you know, I we talk about with like with bombing out. I mean, like, in equip, it, it just might happen. It just, oh, know, yeah, it just to the best of us. Like, it's just, it's, it's just part of the sport. Most people, well, I don't really know many people that have done a lot of meets and gear and have not. Right. In them. raw, it's pretty rare. Well, that's not true. It's that's not, not rare. true at all. It's, it's it, it should be more rare. It should be more um, rare. Outside of, you know, certain circumstances. Um, but in equipped, it's like, yeah, like you said, happens. It, it's, you know, you get a load enough on the bar to hit depth or to touch or to touch your chest. And that might be 98%. Or guess what? By the time you finish squats and you're getting in your bench shirt and it feels real loose and you want to change your opener, uh, the openers, you can't change them anymore. Yeah. So now you got to figure out how you're going to go hit your opener with a shirt that feels two sizes too big. You know. And like you said before, and that goes back to the cutting one too, because in raw, that's we that's talk. Great. We've talked about this more than more than once people on the podcast. Cut so much weight. People love to cut weight, and in raw, you kind of get away with it. We've had a lot of people cut and then have a bad meat anyway, because cutting just I don't think it's a great idea. Stupid it's, as hell. But in equipped, I think it's stupid. I think more than like a kilo or two. Not, or? I mean, the thing is, because you're not training in the right gear then. Right, and the no. other thing is powerlifting, both raw and equipped. It's a performance sport. You need your body needs liquid. <laughs> to perform, We're so not like if you're at a twenty-four hour way, right? Either. It's not like, and again, it it's a sport where like it's unlike other sports where there's no like if you're a boxer, or a fighter, or whatever, a wrestler, you can you know it's like all right, I got to cut ten pounds, but it's a championship. I got to dig deep for this one. I'm gonna ignore the pain, you know, twenty-four hour way. Go get it, you know, whatever. In this, I mean, if you if you deplete yourself, you can't squat your max. And doesn't matter how many salt tablets you lick up or whatever weird things that they do to try to get that back in. You're not going – if you cut 10 pounds of water, you're not going to – 
put 10 pounds, your well, body's why, just not going to take Why is the USAPL a two-hour weight cut? Specifically to avoid right. people cutting weight. And, and you're not going to beat that system. <laughs> they have the system in place specifically so Might you can't beat it. And, well, I think he so, or two, maybe. So there was some group that put out a, um, a study. like They basically just interviewed everyone from Raw Worlds and showed that most of the people that won golds cut weight. But so did everyone else. Mm-hmm. So everyone was competing at a, at a weight. Like the only, I think they only said like 20% of people actually did not cut weight. They were probably the ones that were at the lower end of the spectrum. But what like, would you rather do? Everyone's rather, cutting. You're, you're all competing at a lower ability. I'd rather just, just lift the way I lift. So you know, you just know compete I mean? at the higher ability with one Have weight. Some one weight you know what you'll see a lot of? A lot of in raw powerlifting, you'll see the people close to their weight class. You'll see a lot of people in gear at nationals weighing, coming in at like 102. Because mm-hmm. that's just what they weigh. They're not going to try to get down to 93. Right. You know what I mean? Like Semenenko was like 100 kilos. Right. He's right in the middle of the Just two lift where you lift. He just, because you can't do that. Because if you can put it back on and perform, you know, good for you. It's awesome. But if you, you can't put that size back right. on you, into your muscles. So when you put on your squat suit, it's way too loose. And then you don't get as much out of it. You know what I mean? I, I'm, our goal sheet for our lifters, I have for the raw lifters, there's, it says this is your weight class. This is as high as you can be to cut from. Mm-hmm. If you're above this weight, you're going up a class. Well, yeah, because problems. you're gonna have you're gonna have negative effects. Yeah, as a lot of, lifter, that number is much smaller. Mm-hmm. The other issue with that with raw lifting though is just, there's just so much ignorance out there. You know, I mean, it's people growing up so quickly. It exploded. People, like people yeah. read an article and they think that they, you know, they they have the equivalency of like a doctorate in nutrition. You know, because they, <laughs> and so they're telling somebody who, you know, so they're telling their client. Because everybody's a coach too, they're telling their client, you know, how they should be cutting weight, and then that client is now parroting what they said from an article that they didn't really understand, and then you know they're just this because I, I see that all the time. Is like there's these really like if you take a step back and you just use common sense, you see these really we're about to put you're about to put your body through a really rigorous test, and we're. De- you know, and you see these things that get passed around as like good ideas and if you just took a step back and use like common sense you're like that seems like a really bad idea to try to be starving yourself and, and sweating out all this weight and doing all these things but the problem is that there's so much parroting that goes on and no one can really point to where and nobody wants to say that I think this is a bad idea because then people are going to get called mean names and like it's just this it's this weird and then the idea washes out too, which is the good thing. Like it takes a couple months, and then the idea washes out, and then somebody else reads an article they don't understand, and then a new idea comes in. And it's also too you see a lot of people cutting in their first meet or something like that, and then they perform like shit, and they hate the sport. Yeah. Like, so my thing is like, if you're gonna, you know, say my weight class, like, if I'm cutting weight to 105, it's because I need to be competitive. What's the difference between coming in at sixth? and not even on the podium at nationals at 105 or coming in at just like 108, 109 and finishing 10th. When my total's better, I perform right. better. Like if you're not competing for a podium spot, what's the difference? You might as well have fun. And that's something we talk about all the time. We, we tell everyone never cut for your first meet. Yeah. Never cut for your first meet. I wouldn't cut for any local meet. Well, if you're trying to, the only thing I would say that is like if you're trying to qualify obviously for that's a fair. certain weight class, yeah, okay. But Raw nationals did get marginally more challenging. But now. if you're going to do that, it should be – we talk about, like, if you're cutting that weight class, it's because, like you said, you're very competitive in that weight class. Competitive. We have a couple of women here, uh, both uh, Eva and Stephanie, that as 63s are arguably, you know, in the top 10 probably every year. As 72s, they're maybe top 25. So, like, they can – they have a shot to podium probably uh, most years at 63, but they don't at 72. So I understand if they want to cut because they're yeah. like I said they're they have a shot to get on the podium and be top five. Well, another thing, if they're not going to be, don't worry about yeah. it. But like and uh, and you did a meet in Albany <laughs> that I think you were using as a qualifier for nationals that year. Yeah, it was. But like you were, I mean, you you weighed in at like one twenty point five. Yeah. Right. No. Like, well, we got him the one twenty. We got him the one twenty for a real hot minute. Like, but like you know, <laughs> at that point you needed that as a qualifier, so right. like it made yeah. sense. But if that was just a, if I don't that was just a mean, standing on your head naked to get to weight, it worked. I can't believe that worked. <laughs> you know, you know, I tried that at one of my meets it after works. that. No, I, I gained weight. He did. Oh, I gained weight. I'm like, we did something wrong. The guy goes, you know what? I saw you weighing at one point five point six. We'll go with that one. I'm like, I swear to God, this works for Cody like a month ago. 
I, I've used that with a couple people. I've, I've helped people with it. It, it definitely works, but like requires, I don't know why it works. It's weird. You know what it the great amount of sacrifice of self. Well, again, that was that was very respect. But that was very specific. Like you were very close. And I said you were maybe only half a kilo over. Yeah, and you were trying to qualify. I think four nationals for that. Like, yeah. so it made sense. In fairness, I screwed up. But here's up the, the thing: like a lot of times, <laughs> too. You know, a lot of times, too, and myself is a great example. So if I'm walking around fat and happy, whatever I want, I'm like 109. So. Most people that try to water cut have a physique in which they can just discipline and diet down, right. which is what I've done. You know what I mean? Like it's – most people aren't so muscular and so lean. They don't have anything to lose. So just cut down near your weight class a kilo or two and then right. if you have which to – Which will make you a better lifter anyway because you're probably eating better. You're yep. in a better condition. 100%. Yeah. Instead of – like you said, just cutting the water weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's people baffle me. Right, we're getting close to an hour here. So uh, yeah, this is, <laughs> this is uh, very long for one of our podcasts. Uh, so I think we'll probably call it here. So you guys want to tell us anything about yourself, like Instagram, or do you care? Or nope. Not like <laughs> <You can't>, no <laughs> mailing <right>. address like <laughs> Dan Douglas twenty two, CG Ops, Venmo me, Cooper, <laughs> Cooper uh, Training Institute, and Titan help me out. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to hear this podcast. Oh, they should. Okay. I'll, I'll send it to Isaiah if you want, but I don't think he's going to care. No, <laughs> I don't think he will either. Actually. Uh, yeah. Don't follow me. Lenwood, <laughs> don't, don't follow me. <laughs> For more information on the gym and online coaching, go to GleasonPerformance.com. Follow the gym on Instagram at TeamGPT. And for any questions about the podcast, email brian at gleasonperformance.com.